If the people in Israel and God had a Facebook relationship status, it would read, it's complicated. Because it is complicated. God chooses a people that has suffered enslavement for 400 years. And that does something to the psyche, to the collective psyche of a people. Just imagine, 400 years of being less than human, 400 years of collective intergenerational trauma, 400 years of overseers watching everything you do, telling you when you can eat, when you can sleep, when you can relieve yourself. The freeing of Israel precipitated a crisis of identity. Now that they are no longer slaves, who are they? Who are they supposed to be? What are they supposed to do? And who's going to take care of them? Poor Moses has the unenviable task of shepherding them, or more accurately, midwifing them, into a post-slavery life. A life with no gods and no masters except for one. And this one is not like their Egyptian masters or like the gods of the ancient Near East, after their labor and nothing else. This one, God, is after the people's hearts. Three months go by since the exodus from Egypt, when we get to Sinai. And the road is a bumpy one to get there. Over and over again, the people's faith fails. It fails at the Red Sea. It fails at Mara. It fails in the wilderness of Sin. It fails at Rephidim. To be fair, all of these failures involve basic human needs. Water, food, protection from danger. So we can't be too hard on them. Just think back to a time when you couldn't count on a staple in your life, something you always have, and how you reacted when you couldn't get it. If you've ever wondered where your next meal will come from, or how you'll, how you'd get out of an abusive relationship, you may know better than most how the Israelites felt. It's hard to keep faith when you don't really know where basic needs are going to come from, or you don't feel like you can trust where you know they're going to come from. But God provides for Israel's deepest needs, keeping faith with them, even when Israel can't keep faith with God. God saves them from the Egyptians. God gives them fresh water at Mara and Rephidim and manna and quail in the desert. God rescues them from Amalek and even, in a warning to pastors everywhere, provides wise elders for Moses to keep him from wearing out. God will stop at nothing to protect and defend God's people. God always keeps faith. We've been talking about the different kinds of covenants in this midweek series. The covenant with Noah, which we talked about first, was the burying of a hatchet, or literally of a bow, between God and humanity. You know, God saying, I'm not going to kill all of you anymore. The covenant with Abraham is like an engagement, where God promises to be the God of Abraham's descendants. And here, the covenant with Israel is like a marriage, 
Sinai is the formalization of the covenant between God and Israel. Like a marriage, both parties make vows. And also like a marriage, both parties have expectations of the other. God is to be the God of the people, to protect, to defend, and provide for them, to cherish them as his special treasure, as Exodus 19 states, 19.5. The people, for their part, are to live by God's laws, and not just for their own sake. We just talked about this in confirmation class. Do we follow rules for their own sake, or are they trying to get at something? The laws here, just like any good rules, productive rules, constructive rules, are the foundation of good relationships, of harmony between God and the people and among the people themselves. They don't exist for their own sake, but to bring the people to right relationship, to keep faith with God and with each other, just as God keeps faith. It's all about the heart. God mentions this faithfulness in the commandments themselves. There's that line there in the commandments that sounds a little hard to us, a little harsh, where God says that the third or fourth generation will be liable for the sins of the fathers. But if you look back at ancient Near Eastern covenants and other models, this is actually a statement of mercy. Only to the third and fourth generation, whereas God shows steadfast love. And that's my favorite Hebrew word again. Hesed shows up again. God shows Hesed to the thousand generation of those who love him. God shows this merciful, faithful love to the people, even when they whine, which they do, even when they complain, which they do, and which we do, even when they want to return to their old life as slaves. God does not give up on God's people. And God does not give up on us. God stops at nothing to provide for us, to care for us, and to bring us into right relationship with God and with each other. This relationship begins now rooted in Jesus Christ, confirmed by the laws of the Torah and extending into the next realm, to the realm of God's kingdom. This is a relationship rooted in God's chesed and as such can never be abridged or annulled. Such laws that we get here not only can help model what faithful living looks like, the point is relationship pointing especially to the one who fulfills them and is in relationship with us, Jesus Christ.